0: Mindfulness Mode.
1: When you run a marathon or longer distances, you live a lifetime within that race.
0: Welcome to Mindfulness Mode. Hey, Mindful Tribe, I've got a couple of announcements to make. The first one is that I'm going to be publishing my episodes eight hours later. Than usual, So instead of Sunday nights and Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern, it will be Monday morning and Thursday morning at 3 a.m. Eastern. So the shows will be all ready for you to download on Monday morning and Thursday morning. So just a slight change there. And also I have a new sponsor and this new sponsor is such a great product, such a terrific. And I know this because I've been taking the product and consuming it and really enjoying enjoying it and so it contains 75 high quality vitamins minerals and whole food sourced ingredients you'll hear more about it later on in the show but you can get a free special offer by uh, typing in a special uh, coupon code, which you'll hear about later on in the show. The company is called Athletic Greens. You may have heard of it. If you have any questions, email me bruce at mindfulnessmode.com. And with that, let's move on to the show. Hey, Mindful Tribe. I am here today with someone on a mission to provide pain, stress, and anxiety relief for anyone who wants to find a naturalistic way to treat their pain and so if you have any pain at all and you're listening to this show which you are i have a feeling you may be interested in a natural kind of way to deal with that pain and her background is in orthopedic sports Geriatrics, balance disorders, nerve injuries. So she has an extensive background. So I'm really happy to tell you that I have with me today Dr. Amy Novati. Now I didn't say it right, did I? Novotny. I have Dr. Amy Novotny here with me today. So, Dr. Amy, it's great to have you on the show. So, are you in mindfulness mode today?
1: I am now. Thank you, Bruce. I appreciate (laughs) you being here. I always enjoy listening to the concoctions of my last name. It's actually quite humorous to me. So, I just laugh and see, (laughs) what do people come up with today? So, it's good.
0: Novotny. Well, (laughs) it sounds very easy when I say Mm -hmm. it. And it's just when I look at the word and then my brain thinks, woo, what am I going to do with that? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Novotny, N-O-V-O-T-N-Y. It's actually pretty straightforward. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Dr. Novotny, tell us, what does mindfulness mean to you?
1: So for me, being mindful and the word mindfulness is, can I be fully present in whatever I'm doing at this moment so that any actions or thoughts i have i'm fully aware and have some control over it
0: that makes a lot of sense yeah. and you like i already said you're passionate about helping people with pain mm-hmm. what got you into this place where you wanted to help people with pain so badly
1: well i think it was it's a little bit of a story but when i was younger i grew up in a very stress filled household with my with my mm-hmm. mom And one of my brothers, and I remember as a kid thinking, gosh, I don't ever want to be an adult. All I see is some of these stress balls. And why is everyone so stressed all the time? I couldn't understand that. And little did I know that, you know, in my teenage years, I got to experience that stress with my mom and just growing up with her. And then as I got into my college years, I realized how much I enjoyed studying the human body. And I was fascinated by not everything is known about the human body. Here we have a specimen right in front of us, and we have no clue on how to actually help it in many scenarios. And I just became, I was into sports and and um, wildlife and nature, and I became fascinated by the physical realm of the body. So I did my doctorate in physical therapy, and then once I got done with that, I was training for the Boston Marathon, running eight miles three times a week on a treadmill, and Mm -hmm. I started experimenting with my nervous system, and at the time, I didn't realize it was what I was doing, but I changed my body position and my mechanics of how I breathe, and I could get pain to go away just like that, like, literally, just like that, and I was like, oh, okay, I got off the treadmill, I'm like, wow, I just ran eight miles in under an hour, and I don't feel like I need to stretch. I don't need to foam roll. I don't need to scrape. All these things that I had been telling people as a physical therapist, you have to do this in order to stay pain-free. I literally stopped doing all of it. And I haven't done any of that since then. And that was back in 2014.
0: Wow, that's a long time ago. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was. And, um, and I've run over 40-some marathons. I've run 100-mile ultra-marathons, 50-milers. And so I started putting together a process, you know, when you stumble on something, it's like, okay, does everyone know this? Or did I stumble on something? And I realized I did stumble on something. Now, someone else in the world might be already practicing this, but I didn't know anyone in my world who was doing this. So I started putting together this process of how to calm down the nervous system to change how we position and breathe. So it gets us out of pain by reducing that tension in our muscles that builds up in response to stress. And once I started doing this and putting this into a process and then experimenting on other people besides myself, they started getting better faster than traditional t- healing timeframes and traditional rehab. And so then I just I dove into it head first and it led to me going all over the world, being hired to coach someone out of a couple surgeries that led me to the Arctic, all the way down to the Antarctica. And then I came back and started my own business. And I now I'm literally, what you said the first words, I'm on a mission to help people who really want to decrease medication use, decrease surgeries, different types of interventions and learn what the body really has in terms of healing potential.
0: Wow, this is fascinating. And you skimmed over so much (laughs) in those few uh, (laughs) words. Antarctica. What? (laughs) You you went to the Antarctica? Tell us about that.
1: Yeah. So as I started getting this modality up and people started hearing about it, people would come from different places around the country to have me work with them to avoid major surgeries. And one such person was a world-famous photographer who wanted to avoid a knee replacement surgery for bone-on-bone knee pain that he had had for 40-some years. And he came and visited me for several days. I worked with him. He left pain-free. And he went to go swimming, and he slipped in some water that he had spilled on his floor, and he tore up his shoulder. So he had an MRI that showed a rotator cuff tear and biceps involvement. And when he, he flew back to see me, And he couldn't lift his arm above his waist level. He's like, I can't believe this. I have all these trips all year long and I can't move. I can't have surgery. And I said, I don't believe you need to have surgery. I said, yes, you might have tears, but right now your response is a stress response that's preventing you from moving. It's not necessarily the tears that's preventing you from reaching overhead. So we went against a lot of doctor's advice and I said, well, let's do some work over the next couple of days. And by the time we were done in three days, he could lift his arm overhead completely. Uh, he still had some pain, you know, where he did have the tears, but he could lift his arm completely. And based on doctors and the MRIs, he should have had surgery, but he really didn't need to have surgery. And so he said, I wanna hire you to travel around with me and my girlfriend. He's an older gentleman. And I want you to coach me on this process. So I don't have to have that shoulder surgery or knee surgery. And by the way, I'm going to the Arctic, to Arctic Finland and Arctic Norway to photograph birds up there. And then I'll be going down to Antarctica six months later to photograph the emperor penguins down there. And I said, I'll go. So I said, yes. So I went with him and that led us to be on a Russian icebreaker that went across the Drake Passage and then the The crew assembled these helicopters on the ship, and then the helicopters took us up over sea ice and dropped us off on sea ice, and then we trekked to them for penguin colonies. And yes, wow. this is this is real life. <laughs> this is not a Hollywood movie. It is really real life. And I and I am a side photographer as well. I do that on the side and it's one of my greatest passions. So I, I have photos of this whole entire journey and I've done an art gallery showing on it and all that, but that's a whole separate story. But that's how I got to Antarctica. Wow.
0: wow. That is fascinating. It really is. Yeah. And it's amazing how we can end up in situations that we never imagined mm-hmm. that we might end up in. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I really believe that there are hundreds and thousands of people that are having surgeries every day Mm -hmm. who don't need to be. Yeah. Do you believe that?
1: I honestly do believe that. And it breaks my heart because like, just think they're having that surgery. Their life is impacted for the next number of weeks. Their immediate family is uh, impacted. Their work is impacted. Their coworkers, their friends. So many lives are impacted by a surgery that often happens because a lack of awareness of how you can get yourself out of the need for that surgery. And it's it's so sad to me.
0: Yeah, it is very sad. Yeah. I, I do hypnosis and I work with clients using hypnosis. Mm-hmm. And I, I had a client who had uh, hip pain and she was going to be having surgery there mm-hmm. and she, i said to her well how long have you had this pain in her body because she had pain in her feet and she had pain right. in other places in her body and she said well my whole adult life oh. i've always had pain mm-hmm. and it's just gotten worse so that's why i'm going to have a surgery and so we did hypnosis and i think it was about two weeks later I said, well, could you describe any pain that you have in your body? And she says, well, I know it's the strangest thing, Bruce, but she said, I have no pain in my body at all. Yay. And then I continued to work with her, and the pain did not return. Yeah. So it's just incredible what you can do without surgery sometimes. Yep, you know?
1: absolutely. And when you were going through that hypnosis process with her and putting her into a trance, you provided her relief just enough for the stress levels to come down to allow the muscles to relax. So they stopped pulling on the bones abnormally. The bones freed up just enough that they no longer had tissues that were impinging and rubbing together. And voila, pain went away. So you provided her with the solution of giving her that relief through your experience and your session guiding her And you did exactly the most beautiful thing in the world from her and you saved her and all of her loved ones so much, so many months of agony. It's huge.
0: Yeah, it is huge. And it really feels rewarding to do that kind of work and the way you just described it i didn't even really know that you know what i mean like i just do the hypnosis Mm -hmm. and i'm very grateful that i can do it and that it helps people so quickly Mm -hmm. that's one of the things too that it can it can help you literally you can start your day and have all kinds of pain and then you have a session and it can be gone just like that and i'm sure you found the same
1: absolutely and it it can be quick if someone's receptive
0: yes yes
1: if If they are not receptive or are in such a state of fight or flight, that's when we need to do something with their body to help their body have a a different experience by having the rib cage move a little bit more or incorporating a change in the breathing pattern to help it move more. So sometimes you can calm the mind that releases the stress tension in the body to release the pain like you did. Sometimes a person needs a little bit more than that because the body has changed so much and it's been layered on top of layers over time. And so that's that's hard to know whether or not a person will just have that benefit just based on like a hypnotic trance or if they're going to need something more involved. And, and we don't really know until we've had some experience with the person, but both ways are just... Whatever we can do is beautiful to help someone.
0: Yeah, it is beautiful. It's great to talk yeah. with someone like you that has so much expertise. <laughs> it really is. I want to talk to you about uh, your organization, mm-hmm. the Pabber Institute, mm-hmm. PABR Institute, mm-hmm. and, P-A-B-R. And it's found at pabrinstitute.com, mm-hmm. P-A-B-R. Yeah, tell us about that.
1: So it stands, So P-A-B-R stands for Pain Awareness, Breathing Relief. So we're looking at how can we get someone from whatever pain they're in, whether it's a physical pain, mental, emotional, stress, spiritual, whatever it is, get them from whatever their pain is to relief by helping them develop awareness, awareness of their body position, awareness of the stress tension in their body, awareness of how they are moving, how they are carrying themselves, and then pair that with breathing to get them the relief. And so there are many options for people to go through this experience. So we can work with them one-on-one where I work with them individually through Zoom, or there's group sessions as well, where they can work with other individuals, work on their issues in this community as we go through this process. They call it the Paver method, where we're taking them and calming down the nervous system so that the body feels itself relaxing. And then from there, we have to learn how to stabilize that body in that new position. Because it's one thing to learn how to relax your body, but if you don't know how to exist and move in that relaxed state, you will quickly revert back to your previous state of hyper-alert, hyper-vigilant, tense mode. And so I tell people the work isn't done after one session, even if you get pain relief after one session, your work isn't done because your body doesn't know how to stay that way. So that's what we have to work on is get you to feel how to decrease overuse of your back muscles that pinch on that fight or flight nervous system and get those muscles to relax and get you to stabilize your body in other ways. And so that's what the process is. Whether you do it one on one or whether you do it in a group, either way, it can help. And I have many, many free resources as well online through you know various social media.
0: Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah. Mindful Tribe, check out some of those resources. Yeah. yeah. Check out on social media. See. Amy on social media. I assume we just write in your name on social media, right? Yep.
1: Just put in either Amy Novotny, Dr. Amy Novotny, one of those two, and you'll get many results and you can sort through them see if you really awesome. want to watch it all.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, something I want to know about is your book, mm-hmm. Success Habits of Super Achievers. Yeah. Tell us about that.
1: So that was a collaboration book. Um, and there's so many, many, uh, well-known people in the personal development world in that book as well. And so what I spoke about in that is that some of the different habits that have led me to where I am now, to have had successes in the endurance athleticism world, to have success in the photography world, to in the business world. And what my journey has been as I've created this PABR method and some of the struggles too there are many struggles it's not all peaches and cream it's there's a lot of hardship to go through and wading through that and holding on to that last thread as i'm thinking okay do i give up do i let go and just holding on and just getting over those dips and get back up to the you know the highs and how i'm impacting people and so the book and the chapter in there that really details kind of my journey and some of the things that have led me to have these successes. So much of it is that consistency. And for me, it's been, I have to put my health first. So that means in the mornings taking care of me and being mindful of what I put in my body and how much sleep I get. That's been really significant in my success. If I don't do that, I can feel my energy, you know, drain, and I can feel how it impacts other people around me and how I show up. I'm not my best self if I'm not taking care of my health.
0: Well, you know, looking at you right now, you seem very grounded, you seem very relaxed, and I don't see any tension or stress on your face (laughs) at all. And I'm used to looking at people and kind of evaluating yeah. that way. But I'm really wanting to go back and talk about your your running life. Yeah. And you've run uh, 10 ultra marathons, mm-hmm. including two 100 milers. When was the first time you started running? And when was the first time you realized it was something that really worked for you in your life?
1: Yeah, so I had just finished graduate school. And I moved cross country. I had nothing in my rental house except a treadmill that I bought thinking I was going to run during grad school, which I didn't. And so I had that and a TV someone donated to me. So I started and literally I started watching The Biggest Loser and I just thought it was really interesting. I wasn't overweight at the time, but I just, I, I was fascinated by how much people can change if they have the right guidance. And I'm just fascinated by it. So I had nothing to do except walk on the treadmill while I was watching that. So I started literally walking on the treadmill for an hour. And once I started doing that, then I was like, well, I'll try jogging a minute. And so I just, I literally worked my way up. And so that was in 2009. And then 2011, wherever, where I was working, someone said, why don't you just do a, a half marathon? I said, okay, sure. Okay. I did that. And I I hated it hated oh, it with a passion I several friends had showed up um cheered me on was at the finish line had a bag full of 12 sugar cookies which I devoured because I was not eating healthy at that point point. and I absolutely hated it I'm like I'm never doing one of these things again because it's too many people around me I was used to running by myself and I mm-hmm. I didn't like 20,000 people crowded around me as I was running 13.1 miles and so one of my friends who was there, she called me up a couple days later and this is a funny story. She said, "Amy, I have a favor." And I said, "Karen." I said, "What?" She was like, "Well, I can't tell you, I just need you to say yes." And I said, "You don't understand. I'm a I'm a person of my word. My word is my honor. I am. That's one of the things that I value utmost in my life." And she's like, "Just trust me." I said, "Okay. I haven't known you that long. This is your one time." That I'm going to say this yes to you without knowing. And I said, okay, what did I disagree to? And she said, well, I wanted my partner to do the San Diego half marathon. So I signed you up for the San Diego full marathon and you have six months to train. <laughs> 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 so she's the reason why I've done all these races. <laughs> so wow! I literally had to figure out how do I train for a full marathon? And, um, that's got me started on my journey. And so once I did one and that went much better than the half marathon, and then I decided to do more and then it led to like six in a row and then ultras. And so, yeah.
0: (laughs) So was it because there were fewer people around or why did it go so much better second time around? I
1: think part of it is I cleaned up my diet. I got rid of all sweets, rid of dairy, rid of processed foods. I got rid of it all. And that was step one. I was better trained because my diet was better. I was sleeping better. I I I really took it to the next step. And there was a little bit less people in the full marathon than a half marathon.
0: Yeah, sure. They'd be all crowded together. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And San Diego was beautiful weather at that time too. And um and I literally didn't think I was going to finish. So my goals were one to finish, two to finish without stopping in three to get under five hours and I beat all three goals and I did it in three hours and 50 minutes which was 10 minutes short of the Boston qualifying time so I said oh I am actually a decent runner I am going to run another one so that's that's how it you know it spiraled out of control at that point (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's really inspiring to hear. I started running a couple of years ago, and, mm-hmm. and I didn't ever realize in my life how much I would enjoy it. And it just seems very mindful and therapeutic. And yeah. Like, I started kind of like you. I started just by walking. Mm-hmm. And then one day I just thought, oh, well, I'll just try running. And then I started to f- enjoy it more, you know. Yeah. So, but I've never run any marathons or any half marathons. And, and I always run by myself. Mm-hmm. So we live out in the country, uh-huh. and I run down this country road, and it's like... Oh, five or six miles, seven or eight miles, you know, and, but I've never taken that leap to, uh, to run in a marathon. I don't know if I'd like it or not.
1: You know, it's actually therapeutic as well. So once I figured out it's okay to be around other people running and not to focus on the competition of it, that someone's going a little faster than me or slower than me and, and just enjoy the energy that everyone has and to Mm -hmm. enjoy the scenery of being able to run down a city where normally there's traffic, and you can't see stuff that I could now just enjoy that beauty. It became a different experience. I I do highly recommend it. You might try maybe a 10k at first just to give you that little bit of experience of being around other people. Mm -hmm. But I usually tell people when you run a marathon or longer distances, you live a lifetime within that race. You love life, you hate life. You get sick, you feel good, you want to die, you want to sleep, you want to scream for joy, you hate everyone around you, you love everyone around you. Like it, you live a lifetime within that race. So it's it's quite a quite an experience. When I say that, but you go through all these emotions and when you finish at the end, you literally want to cry, hug someone and just realize that you can push yourself much further than you ever thought possible and it's such an accomplishment
0: that's really interesting the way you describe that i i really liked hearing that i want to talk to you about the topic of bullying i always Mm -hmm. ask a question about this on the show Mm -hmm. do you have a story you can share with us where mindfulness would have made a difference
1: in terms of bullying that's a good question um I was bullied as a child. I, I was somewhat popular in some times of my life, but in other times I wasn't. And so I've been on the receiving end of being bullied and it's it's a hard thing to go through. Um, it is. I think when it comes to mindfulness regarding that, when you're on the receiving end, it's hard to do anything other than to be in defense in a freeze mode, or in, mm-hmm. to, in the how do I run away? And in terms of the person who's doing the bullying, I think there needs to be some awareness that that person is hurting somehow, they're lacking attention. So they're seeking attention, they're seeking to assert themselves, because somehow they're not getting that attention, or they're getting bullied themselves at home. And so in terms of how do we How do we approach it? There is, you know, I think an aspect of we need to look around us and say, how are our own interactions affecting others? So many times we may be using our words that really create some hurt in other people. And then they go, go to someone else and they might bully that person just to be able to feel some type of satisfaction for the hurt feelings from a different interaction. And so for me, and one of the things that's actually quite important to me because I was listening to another podcast is how do my words really impact other people? Like if you're describing something to me, Bruce, and you're describing, Oh, I just had a really stressful day. My response, I don't want it to be, well, yeah, you think you had a stressful day. You should hear mine.
0: And, yeah. and
1: that's often the way we relate to people, thinking, oh, let's share some commonality. But instead of me pausing and being mindful, you know what, you're sharing and being vulnerable, to be, let me be present for you to help you through that. I took away the, your thunder and said, okay, let's turn it back to me and my attempts to relate to you, but I really didn't. And so mm. I think how we interact with people and using our words can really help us in the sense of even if in an adult situation someone's bullying someone else how can we use our words and really listen instead of using our words to turn the attention back to us so
0: i love the way you've described that thank you yeah thank you as we move forward in the interview i want to ask you five quick answer questions so just sure. 30 second answers are sure. perfect the first one is this who is one person who's been a powerful mindfulness influence in your life
1: um, Gosh, I would say Jim Rohn. Um, okay, he has amazing quotes. He was an amazing speaker. Um, he has since passed, but uh, if you haven't heard of him, please check him out. He is phenomenal.
0: He is phenomenal. Yeah. Yes. And my second question is about emotions. Mm-hmm. Tell us how your emotions? Well, I would say it this way. How have you changed uh, as to how you deal with your emotions as a result of mindfulness?
1: I am highly less emotionally reactive. I pause a mm. lot more. And I would say that my ability to respond has been less ba- based on fear and more based on solutions so I don't so I'm not so emotionally reactive because it, because I'm more mindful.
0: Very good. And let's talk about breathing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you have a comment on breathing and how it may relate to mindfulness in your life?
1: Sure. So when you breathe, you want to be able to feel your breastbone melt in as you exhale and feel your belly spill out when you do that, it will help bring all of your attention to your body and you can feel everything relax to allow you to be mindful of the present.
0: Very good. Yeah. And my my uh, next question is about an app. Mm-hmm. Are there any apps that you recommend that are related to mindfulness?
1: I have the Calm app, so I know that's quite a popular one. I, I imagine many people are aware of that one. Um, yeah. I know Headspace is another one as well. So those are the two big ones that I'm aware of and I've used before. So I do recommend people check those out.
0: Is there a book that you recommend?
1: Hmm, that's a good question. I don't know if I necessarily have a book. I've spent more of my time with this in this world, more on podcasts and sure uh, in that sense, but in you know, listening to people, I don't know if I really have a Good book that I've read. No problem.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's no problem at all. We will uh, list these answers on the website, mindfulnessmode.com. So check it out. You can find all kinds of details about the show. And as we wrap up the show, Amy, I want to ask you if you have a final word of advice for anybody that may be looking for more mindfulness in their life, looking maybe for some healing from their pain, maybe somebody that's struggling. Mm-hmm.
1: So what I'd say is, if you think about the main aspects of our world, the physical, the mental, the emotional, the intellectual, the spiritual, what are you doing in each of those realms to help you become more mindful? If you can take one small action in each of those worlds, it can help pull things together so that you're in better coherence and help you become more mindful. that that would be my recommendation
0: thank you for that and thank you for being on the show today it's great to meet you amy
1: thank you so much Bruce. it it's been an honor i really appreciate it
0: great have a great rest of your day bye now hey mindful tribe thanks again for joining us and as i mentioned at the top of the show from now on i'm going to be publishing my episodes at 3 a.m on Monday mornings and Thursday mornings so they'll be ready for you to listen to on Monday and Thursday or whenever you want to on your favorite podcast app and also my new sponsor Athletic Greens I'm thrilled to be connected to Athletic Greens and you can get a special offer by going as I mentioned earlier in the show go to athleticgreens.com slash mindfulness to get a one year supply a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamins and D and five free travel packs of AG one. So with that, take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus and happiness. Stay in the mode.